a lot of men, you know, have fewer than two friends that they would ever share a serious conversation. What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan, and back again. Back again. I'm excited for this as TEDx speaker, award-winning thought leader and author, distinguished Toastmaster and keynote speaker, former partner and CEO of a multi-million dollar retail company, Di Manuel. Hey! What's up, Rick? <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm so happy to be to back. And I was thinking it's, it's good to be back. It's not like an annoying uh, uh, rash or something. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I was invited back. So, I mean, I, 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 I recognize I didn't force my way in. And uh, I, I like to let people know that I get, because I love my conversation. I've talked about you guys a ton. Just oh, so man, you guys thank know. you. Ryan, yourself, your whole team. I'm just, when you guys invited me back, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so honored. You know, and it, it was just, it, it Listen, you made my day and I'm just excited to be back here. Well, thanks, brother. Thank you. We had such a good conversation and we didn't even get into half of what this is why it was good. We didn't even get into half of what it should be. And I remember at the end, after we, 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 after we cut, I was like, we didn't even talk about relationships. And that's like that's your right. gig. Yeah, fair enough. Such a good convo. Here. Yeah. And just yeah. about, you know, entrepreneurship and self-love, self-care. But now we need to talk about today, man. We need to talk about relationships because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot that have struggled over this past year, I know. You oh, know, I mean, man. we were talking a little bit before the show and it's, you know, like we've even lost the sense of just touch with. Yeah people outside of our homes, but also even just that physical touch with people outside of our homes too. And then maybe even sometimes inside our homes, we've lost that touch too, bro. And I, I want to hear your take on this because we talked about the vulnerability of men last time too. Yeah. You know what it means to be vulnerable. And I love that it can start there because Mm -hmm. where we left off, I think is really kind of hammering home what that really means. Now, from what I remember of the of the previous episode, for everyone listening, we do have that link in the show notes to to the previous episode. I would highly, highly suggest that you listen to that one. Start as a foundation for this. So, hmm. vulnerability in men, right? Because hmm. I feel that I'm a pretty, you know, un, unarrogantly, I'm I'm a pretty vulnerable <laughs> guy. You know, I'm yeah. I'm emotionally yeah. connected and. I enjoy expressing how I feel, you know, and even, even though I hold back times, you know, to, I mean, mm. just straight up times that I want to cry, you know, sure. there are definitive times where I just let it out, man, because I just need to need to feel what I'm feeling, you know, and then bringing other people into that too, to say, Hey, this is where I'm at. And I just want to bring that out right now because I'm feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Can you support me in this moment? You know, and it's probably for me, at least I think one of the most masculine things to be able to do that, you know, to kind of be soft and hold that space and just express yourself as a man and then have that partner in your life be able to be there and support you Hmm. through that too. So how have you, that's one way I've done it. How have you embraced vulnerability? Well, I think the biggest thing was I didn't. (laughs) Wow. You know, like, well, and what I mean by that is, is. I, I look at like I, I want you know before I dive into what I mean by that is is you know I appreciate you sharing how open you are to the idea of just being able to share what's real for you yeah because that's really you know vulnerability when you really boil it down to it that's often what's happening we're sharing what's real and alive for us in that moment you know yeah 
it's a lot of times it, it when we think about vulnerability, we think weakness. And and I and I say we, and I should I, I should get away from the generalization. Sorry, I, I I know for myself when I used to hear the term vulnerability, I automatically went to oh weak. You don't do that. Like that's what's up. You know, like and, and I look at who my role models were specifically, like who was I role modeling <laughs> in my life, and yeah. and and right down to to my first real true man to man relationship was you know son and father. And my dad was amazing, amazing man, you know, very caring in his own way. Uh, but, but he grew up with a family, didn't emote, you know, like they, they, yeah. they, my dad, I remember him even sharing with me. He's like, I can remember, he could count on one hand how many times his mom told him that he, she loved him, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, that, that, he grew up, you know, he was born in the 40s and grew up in the 50s and 60s and was very straight. <laughs> That's a very straight, at least kind of guy, you know, like suit and tie kind of guy and uh, just an amazing dude. But growing up with him, you know, that vulnerability was never a role model. The vulnerability of being able to share what's real for you without the fear of having something used against you, without the fear mm. of feeling like, oh, I'm being judged or or I'm lesser because of this do you know what i mean like yeah, it, it's, yeah. it just that wasn't role modeled so i didn't know any better so i wasn't vulnerable you know and, and if i asked you and I'll, I'll go into a bit more on that but like how did you come to this place because i'm just super curious like yeah you, man. you know what you shared with me it's not the norm i think it's becoming more the norm or there's people like you and i and a lot of other people out there men specifically they're like this should be the norm there's nothing wrong with it it actually feels better my mental health's better for this, but it's not the norm. And like, where, where did you get your sense of, or connection with vulnerability? Yeah. If we talk about fathers, my, it, mine real, I did have a very good example in vulnerability mm. of men with my dad. He was Amazing. extremely emotionally connected. Same thing. I mean, I do, I, it's the same thing with my kids now as he did with me. I always tell him that I love him. Wow. You know, so now even my 13 year old son, who's going to be 14 this year, you know, yeah. teenager, hardcore, which is typically the time when <laughs> they're like, hey, I hate my parents, right? <laughs> right, then, right. But I mean, I get texts uh, when I'm traveling from him, you know, not just my daughter, uh, who's his twin, but from him, it's like, you know, good night, dad. Hope you had a good day. I love you. Yeah, and that's, oh, and the reason why he gives that back to me or even initiates that is because I have his entire life. And yeah. my dad, even with passing away when I was young at 16, that's the one definitive memory that I've ever had is that I knew I knew, I knew that he loved me because he would always express it, you know, and I would, he would never be afraid to hold emotions back. You know, he, he never really Gosh. talked about it being a sign of strength or anything else, but it just was him. You yes. know, and I, I, yes. I'm grateful that I've taken after him in that way, but it wasn't, you know, would you feel, this is, I guess, a question because you're the expert in this. I'm not, but. Well, I'm just trying to figure yeah. it out just like everybody else. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, appreciate the humility. Oh, <laughs> a, but yeah, it's, I, I feel like the, you know, hearing your story too, is that men a lot, and th this translates into the relationships that we have being yeah, a man yeah. too, you know, with, with a woman or even with other men. And I think it's conditioning because yes. we see, you know, what, what's on movies. We see Hollywood, we see, you know, like how people grew up, you know, from those 1940s and fifties couples that you were talking about to where that was just the thing, you know, the, the men retire to, 
the the study after dinner <laughs> and, and leave the women and who knows what goes on in there besides brandy and cigars. Yeah, you know, right. and that's it. And it's really just, uh, you know, just a room. And this is how typically what you see, you know, because now it's not yeah. that study or whatever it is, but it, there's still an opportunity for men to gather just to talk about how awesome they are and how much they can pound their chest and what accomplishments they got done that week, you know, and it's always like a one-upping thing rather yeah. than actually just sticking around and expressing emotions, you know? So it's sure. more of the, more the aggression in that male side rather than the, the very soft and connected masculine inside mm -hmm. because it, do, softness can lift other people up just as much as being hardcore can yeah and i think they're both needed because that's the, right. the uh, they're both very masculine you know but there, there's a connection and it depends on the, the different situations of course but there's times i've had to be stern with my kids you know yeah. but it's yeah. it's always it's never been really yelling you know it's my wife would always tell me that I would sit down, you know, she'd hear me behind a closed door with my kids or something when she just got done being really, really angry with them and, yeah. you know, yelling at them. And I would go behind a closed door. And I, I remember this ever since they were little, man, I would get down on their level. I would, if they were standing when they were two years old, I would sit so that I'd be eye to eye with them so and good. just be soft with them. Very masculine. Like, this is what's going yeah. on. Here's where you messed up. This is how I can see where you can fix it going forward and change your behavior. Mm -hmm. How does that sound to you? You know, and so mm -hmm. from behind the closed door, she would say, all I would hear was, and then we'd come out and everything's cool. She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? How does it's, that work? And it's like, well, it's, it's soft yet stern masculinity. It's yeah. connected and supportive. Well, you know, Rick, I, I got to commend you because you know, I, I, I hear you mentioning masculinity and, and I think that's been one of those terms that I, I think sometimes gets people tripped up. And, and what I mean by that is like when we, we often have very clear distinction or at least belief systems around masculine and feminine. Like what, what do those term terms mean? Yeah. But the definitions themselves are rather narrow. And, I, and I'm seeing a lot more of this, like I'm feeling it. I'm sure you've noticed it and you're feeling it just based on how you're talking and what you've done as far as raising kids, but also just raising yourself, you know, but th this idea like you have a more emotionally inclusive understanding of what masculinity means, especially to you, but also to what it, you understand masculinity to be. And, and I think that is the conversation I like to see other men. I'm not here to debate it. I'm not here to say your idea or your beliefs better than my idea or my beliefs better than yours. Like it's, I'm not here to fit anybody into a, you know, like, as they say, the square peg round hole, like that, listen, but recognizing that there's clearly room for us to have a healthier understanding of what is masculinity. Yeah. What does it mean to be a man? Right. And, and for me, my belief systems, at least what I always believed was like being very stoic, right? Don't express your emotions. Keep nice and even and cool. I mean, unless you lose your, your noodle, well, go ahead because be rough and tough and, you know, be big and strong. Don't cry. Like there's, like, you just look at synonyms. I talked yeah. about this in my TED talk, you know, like I, I started looking up the synonyms associated with femininity and masculinity, masculinity. Look up the synonyms, bravado. <laughs> virility right yeah. machismo like i'm like dude i just felt like pounding my chest you know like <laughs> time to but, go into the study I, <laughs> well but seriously like i didn't see other terms like what you were saying right like the way that you understand masculine to be 
and especially how you carry yourself. Like you talked a bit about the softness aspect, you know, like even vulnerability. Can that be synonymous? Right. Caring, yeah. Yeah. gentle. Like, could those be synonymous with being a man? I say a hundred percent for sure. And I, I'm thinking you're the same way. And I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that we can't be so, so square in our definitions, right? Like it, it just, and especially now with the gender conversation. Oh right? yeah, like it, no I, doubt. I'm like, yeah. let's just take out the masculine and the feminine. Let's just talk about being better humans. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like well, why not? And, sure, man. And, and, and you, so you can I, have I both sides of it. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. that's how we were created to be too. Cause I mean, the same guy that can you know, hug my kids after they get in trouble just to reassure yes. that they know them. I'm the same guy that can strap a gun onto my waist and guard a celebrity, you know, cause I've done that in private security no that, that I've owned. Well, yeah, I man. That. I mean, I'm talking Dude, like Caitlyn Jenner. Crazy. Yeah. The yeah. Rahm Emanuel, you know, the former mayor of Chicago. So Ooh, you, can, cool. you can have the bravado. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> along yeah. with the soft at the same time. And even in that industry, it helps too, because you have to relate to everybody else who's around you. So if, yes. there's, a, if there's a threat, dude, a soft voice yeah. goes much further, especially in those situations, than it does just reaching for your pistol on your, uh, on your side. So it's, uh, you can de-escalate situations a lot faster than just speaking with somebody softly than you can pounding your chest. That's right. And it's, there's a time for pounding so, your chest. <laughs> there is definitively a time for pounding your chest. All right. <laughs> Let's just be clear and, on that because <laughs> I, and I agree, like there is a place for it. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and so that's why, you know, this whole conversation around vulnerability, like I, I wasn't vulnerable, but I, I knew I wanted to be, but I just yeah. didn't know how. And, and I often consider vulnerability to be very much like a skill. You know, like we learn any skill, it, it, we get better at it the more we practice. Oh it. yeah, dude. Even with everything I described, dude, I still suck at it here and there. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I still screw up. <laughs> yeah. And, but where do we have safe places to practice? Like that's, yeah. I think the, the, a bit of the conundrum, right? Like we, we get into a place where I, I didn't, and I looked at my spheres of influence, my, my closest friends, especially at the time where I felt most conflicted, meaning that I knew I wanted to be able to share what was going on for me. I was dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. I learned to cope with a lot of that stress and anxiety through alcohol. That was my, my default. I'd go to having a few drinks because oh, in the moment, it made things feel better. So momentarily, I felt a bit happier and, and it, it, you know, less mindful of all the stress and the other things in my life. And, and I could just push it away for a little bit, and, but not talk to anybody not talk to my wife about it. Like just, just trying to avoid things and got very good at numbing. For but sure. I needed to be vulnerable. I'll tell you, I needed to get some stuff off my chest. I needed to just put it out to the world to find out. And, and this is the craziest thing about vulnerability. It, it, like uh, I have these groups called Mentorship Mondays. So Mentorship Mondays. And it's just, it's free, but it's guys that are committed to come together every Monday. We meet on Zoom and we just talk it out. We create a space where we can just share openly whatever's real. Sometimes, hey, I just had an amazing week. Here's some good thing. I just landed my best client ever. And we want to celebrate that. Like, I, I don't know about you, Rick, but a lot of times I used to be sheepish just even about talking about some of the successes that I did achieved. Yeah, Things that yeah. were really, really hard to do. And, and I felt like even with some of my closest male friends, I couldn't share that because right away, I'm like, they're judging me. They think I'm bragging. You know, like it, it just automatically, I turned the positive into a negative and I'm afraid to talk about it. You know, and it, so when I'm saying vulnerability, it's not just about the bad stuff. It's about the great stuff too, you know, yeah. and 
But where do we have time to practice? We're a space that we feel safe enough to practice this stuff. It's know? difficult and, too, for real. Yeah, because yeah. even in, you know, if we look at this as far as relationships, you know, or marriage, you know, that that escape that you were talking about, even, you know, having the drink, it, it, even in my example of, the study, right? When the men would retire, yes. what would they do? They were yeah. avoiding the times to be vulnerable and they were turning That's to alcohol to do that, you know? Cause there's other ways to run away from yourself and those things. And, yeah. but vulnerability, man, how do you feel that vulnerability plays a huge part in your marriage? Well, so 11 years, I won't go into the story, but you know, I haven't had a drink for over 11 years now. And awesome. that was, well, thank you. It, yeah. it was me making a decision though. It was a choice. Like I never, I, I, I have a lot of friends that are in recovery and I have a lot of respect for that. And, and, and I know they've done various programs to allow to support them through their recovery. And I, I always had a challenge with that because I never felt like I was addicted. You know, I never felt powerless to the alcohol, to yeah. the drugs. I was fully aware of my choices, but I valued in the moment what those little escapes could do for me over what was right in front of me, like family friends, you know, yeah. people actually cared about me, unconditional love. Right. And, and yet I would still value the drink. Yeah. Having some drugs. And you it's know, not just even necessarily has to be a substance, right? It could be freaking Xbox or PlayStation. Could it could be, be Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Any of yeah. those escapes, people get addicted to those too. And it's not, uh, it's more like, it, it's not addicted to those. It's addicted to the escape. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. I love how you just said that so so much on point because you're right it's the act itself you know and and the fact that it just because you're focusing on that one thing in that moment you you don't really give yourself the space to even think about any of the other stuff so yeah. it is truly an escape or and, and in my case it felt very much like numbing you know because yeah. i wake yeah. up the next morning now my health feels crappy but also on top of that <laughs> you know the problems are still there <laughs> oh <laughs> no know? doubt yeah I'm, I'm not feeling any better about myself and uh, <laughs> usually I'm feeling worse. No doubt. You know? It's even and like the escape with porn too, with people that watch that yes. too much, you know, and then all of a sudden Correct. like straight up, they can't get it up because yes. they've been escaping right. the real life for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> I'm making a hand. That's not the right hand gesture to talk about. No. That, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. I got what you were saying the, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> escape the real <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, cut. No. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> no, so, oh, but you know what? I, I, just the fact that we're even talking about this is just, I wish, I really do wish that when I was in my 20s, I felt comfortable enough to have this kind of a conversation. And, and I realize as I start to connect with, you know, younger guys in our communities that are coming in, like the craziest thing is, right? Like I started this when I was living in Bali, I, I just had a crazy idea because I had this, you know, so here I am and I'm in this 11 years of sobriety. Let's just say that I've, I've chosen not to have any drinks because I, I grew so much that first year I took away the crutch, right? My crutches were alcohol. It just helped me function. You take away that crutch and it's like, whoa, I don't know how to walk. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and so I had to learn to walk again. And that's where I had to learn how to start being vulnerable because I just, I didn't have any more escape. You know, there was nowhere I could escape to. I was facing my challenges head on and I wanted to, to chase it. You know, I wanted to chase a better life, to be quite honest. Like I, I knew that I had all the makings to have a great life, but sure didn't feel like it was working. And I had to just take ownership that it was because I kept making poor choices, poor actions. 
And so I took away the crutches and now I've got to learn how to walk. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. My friends, my closest friends right now, they don't know how to help me yeah. or support me. Like all the guys that were my really good friends at that time was like, yeah, let's go watch USC and have some beers, you know, and or let's go play a round of golf. And we just rushed through the 18th so we could hang out on the 19th, you know, like yeah. It, yeah. it was, that was how we operated. That was my normal. So all of a sudden I take away that I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? How do I do this? And I was very fortunate that I had a wife that was very supportive, you know, and, and so she, she supported me along as best she could, but there was still a lot that she couldn't do. And to be honest, I wasn't expecting her to, you know, it was stuff that I had to do for myself. I found a great psychiatrist. I worked with, with him for like four months. I found a relationships counselor, worked for her with her for about three months. And, uh, and I, I just started doing a lot of inner work stuff on me. That was personal development in nature, not professional development. Cause I'll tell you, I was the guy that loved all the professional development stuff. Yeah. Anything that stroked my ego, Rick, I was all for it. Do you know what I mean? It's well, like, that, that's I an escape too, right? <laughs> it is. Man. Yeah. It's like, and, and it was business was a great escape and uh, it long and short. I'll just get to the point. It, after a, a number of years of just growing, just growing and learning new ways of dealing with some of the stress and dealing with it in a healthier way that I'd feel good role modeling those behaviors to my kids, to my families, to my friends. Like that's mm. what it came down to. I was just like, my wife asked me a question. She said, Dyer, you've been the type of man you'd want your daughters to marry. Dude. And she asked me that question. It was like getting punched in the nose and kicked in between the legs at the same time. Wow. You no, know, I was like, I'm not. If someone like me at that time, 11 years ago, showed up on my doorstep asking to, 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 to talk to my daughters, asking to see my wife. I, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. You're not coming in here. Yeah. But that's who I was. I was that guy, you know? And, and, and so that realization put me in a hard spot because all of a sudden I'm like, okay, how do I evolve? How do I grow? How do I become that person? And man, it's not easy. It's worth it, but it's not easy. And, and so that vulnerability, I knew I needed to find somewhere where I could start to practice that and start to develop deeper relationships with other men. I, I, I just felt like I was missing this void. I didn't feel like I knew any men, truly knew them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man. And I don't know like, how you feel about this, but there's stats out there Rick, that, that are pretty scary where they look at men, especially, you know, in their thirties and beyond a lot of men, you know, have fewer than two friends that they would ever share a serious conversation about money, about relationships, <laughs> about no their feelings, their own yeah. emotions, like less than two, yeah. over half men surveyed, you know, in this massive survey by the November project, you know, less than two. And that's the average is less than two. A lot of them have none. Like that's crazy. It's crazy. And yet we just go on and we try to figure it out on our own. Right. And uh, so, you know, I needed to find a place to start to, to practice the skill of vulnerability. And, and it's scary as hell. So any men that are listening to this, I'll tell you, it's, it, it's scary. It absolutely is. It, 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 but it's not a sign of weakness. It takes a whole lot of bravery, you know, to, to be able to actually speak your emotions in a way that, that others can actually now 
accept it. Does that make sense? Like, I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to sound cryptic. I'm trying not to sound cryptic because I know sometimes these kind of conversations can be a bit woo woo. And <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I try to make it sound really real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, so I don't know, like, how do you invite people to be more vulnerable? Because I, I think often vulnerability comes through one person going first. It does. Right? That's exactly like, it. I'm usually the one to yeah. go first. You know, yeah. and it's not like I have a, uh, <laughs> I could see this. If I was being strategic about this, I could have like four things for a new person that I could say, okay, I'm willing to share these four first <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> in, order, yeah. in order to say, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But usually it's just whatever I'm feeling at the time. I mean, it's probably, I, dude, I know it's different for me too, because I've been speaking on stages for 20 years, you know, I've been playing yeah. guitar. So, I mean, <laughs> big into, you know, I was like a pro amateur, if you want to call it that in music. So I was always Amazing. expressing emotion that way. My dad was the same yeah. way. He was a musician too, but Super it's, cool. you know, and then I've had coaches that have said things like, you know, the story that you absolutely don't want to stare, uh, don't want to share mm -hmm. is the one that you should share the most. You know, right. So I, I embrace that with most. So I'm typically the one that will say, here, I'll go first. I'll tell you something about me. See, that's great. <laughs> you know, I'll open up. And it does take that one person too. And yes. maybe maybe that's the search. I don't know. Because again, I'm not the expert. But do you try to find somebody who's willing to be that first to where you're comfortable around that? Because this is something yeah. to where, you know, again, not sounding woo-woo, but to where men need to share with other men. You know, yeah. and as you were talking too, I'm like, how many friends do I have that I can share things with? <laughs> so, I, mean, I started counting it's them in my head, you know? True, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And pe individuals that I would call, I'm probably at like eight or nine, you know, yeah, to, to ones still, that I would trust. So it's, it's like a lot more than more. You're, you're about 500% up, okay? So <laughs> that's, <it's, laughs> that's good. And I'm grateful that I have those, you know, but then yeah. I think it's like, how did I, how did I get to that eight or nine? Ah, yes. And right. it was more like I just, created the space and at the same time yeah. i also created the space for them to be yes. able to share back so that there was no you were talking about judgment so that there was no judgment you know because yeah. dude men oh anybody humans as you were talking are just <laughs> nobody likes judgment period right. right so if you can create the space where it's judgment free you know of course god we're all human too and stuff starts to creep yeah. up in our minds as we hear things you know even like some wtf moments you know but when you get yes. close enough to, to that person it's more you can call it after you're in that circle with them you know then you can be like dude what the hell why'd you do that yeah. <laughs> you know? but it's from it's even even that is from a supportive way it's not from a judgment yes. way it's like all right i'll i'll support you through this let's get you out of this hole you're in yeah and sometimes it's just providing a space to just listen yeah you know like i think sometimes it's just the act i i i often invite people to think back to some of the most challenging times that that because we all have those moments right those those big obstacles that we we run up against in our life and yeah, you know sometimes it can deflate us and we, we turn around and go back where we came from yeah. <laughs> you know yeah or we're fortunate enough that maybe we meet somebody that was able to shift our perspective enough so we can see another way around it or sometimes it's just pure resiliency and determination <laughs> that we just like i'm getting past this yeah but either way if you think back to those biggest challenges when you've shared what your experience is you know what your experience yeah. in that moment dealing with the challenge and you share that with somebody else I, I i just i think back to those moments in my own life i always felt better afterwards oh for sure and and, and often often it, 
I, I'd have the person saying, you know what? Me too. It's so crazy because, you know, and those that are really apprehensive about vulnerability and, and I love how Brene Brown talks about it because she says, you know, being vulnerable is not for shock and awe. We're not doing it to say, whoa, or, or, or to be polarizing or it's not, that's not it. That's, that's the wrong intention. If you're trying to be vulnerable, right? To be vulnerable is to really to foster more connection and understanding. Mm -hmm. And, and, and what happens is as soon as people start sharing it's amazing how many people just hear you and really hear you, but then say, gosh, I had a similar experience. You're not, you're not alone. And that in itself is really what I took away whenever I started to embrace being more vulnerable, sharing people like, man, I feel really just intimidated by this thing I'm about to do. And like, here's why. And just, just to have it, say it out loud. Right. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and eventually in the person that I often would get the response, it's like, woof. Yeah, you're right. That does sound intimidating. It sounds tough. I had a similar situation like this. Da, da, da. And all of a sudden it's like, dude, it's okay, like well, everybody struggles with this stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, right? Everybody's got it's it like, going oh, on. I know. And, and, and I think that was my biggest realization. As soon as I embraced it and trusted in myself enough that, you know what? I'm not going to die if I'm vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, this, I'm not <laughs> like, you know, if, you, if you're someone that's into the fear setting aspect, you know, like, I, I think back to Tim Ferriss and his Ted talk, he talks about that fear setting, right? Like that, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Yeah. And when you think on that, it really boils down to like, it's not a life threatening situation. <laughs> <typically> <laughs> For sure. now, now, of course, you know, don't, don't take me out of context here, but, but it, it, it's awesome. It's yeah. a human quality. And once you do it, you realize, and I'm not saying it's not, I don't think it ever gets to the point where it's easy. And I, I don't want to mislead people and say, you know, you start being vulnerable, it becomes easy to be vulnerable. No. And you don't want to just be vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable. You're, you're doing it to connect with somebody, to let them know that, man, I hear you. Dude, that's a huge point right there because there are individuals, you know, and it's more inward focus this way too, that I've seen yeah. to where they'll just be vulnerable just for the sake of being vulnerable. Because yes. it'll actually seem to like, <laughs> it's still being, it's being macho. <laughs> That's what it is because right. of like, watch how vulnerable I can be, you yes. know, look at how much that I can share. And I, I've known men like this too, to where they'll yeah. just be like, yeah. here's what I've gone through. And it almost becomes like a trophy for them yes. too, that they were able to be Thank that you. vulnerable. And it's only for themselves. It's not yeah. to foster connection. Yes. Which is the whole reason the we're freaking on this planet to begin with is connection Man. with other humans. Right. <laughs> I, I would, yes, I was like, Zoom I would like to drop the mic. Yeah. I thought, you know, like, cause you're spot on there. Rick. Like, that's exactly my point. And yeah. freaking shut up if that's what you're going to do for well, real. Yeah. It, I don't want to hear that. But it, if you, you if you want to have a genuine connection with somebody else, do yeah. it for the sake of connection. Because I mean, you're thinking, now I'm getting psyched up and for like <laughs> even a little bit angry because that's the, that's the part where I just want to walk away. Because like, yeah. that's when I'm not, I'm not in it for that. I don't want to have relationships with another human, men, women, whatever, just because they want to, they want to dump their stuff just because they want to. Yes. Yeah, if you're doing it because you want me to support you, because it's a fair exchange of connection, then I'm all in. Yes. Not yes. just to bring the stuff up, just to be like, hey, look at me. I'm able yeah. to share. Have you ever been in men's groups like that? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I sure as well, hell have. Yes. I'll, I'll tell you, like I've been to a few because I was searching for something. Right? Yeah. And, and, and I just, I, I found it really hard to find a community that I really felt like I belonged to. 
And, and you know, because it's easy to join communities. Like, it really is. I mean, social media has made it really easy. I mean, I think about Facebook. It's like a click of a button. Oh, I'm in a community. You know, it's yeah. like, but to, to find somewhere where you really feel like you belong, like, that takes more effort, more time, more attention, you know, and uh but I found in a lot of the, the, the men's groups that I, I had an opportunity to get around. It, it, it clearly served people very well. And, and I'm not here to speak about it. I'm not trying to judge it, but it just didn't feel right. You know, I, I and so when Nick and I, Nick, my good friend, Nick uh, Wood uh, at a Bali, you know, I, I just sort of poised the idea. And I'm like, I just, here's my idea. I just want to bring a bunch of cool dudes together every Monday night, dinner and conversation. Like, no drugs, no, no alcohol, no drama. Like just simply guys having an authentic conversation around some of the things that are real for them that was it and he was like i'm in you know and, and it's always that first person to say okay i'm in and, yep. and it just gave me that little boost of confidence like, all right well let's just do this thing and uh it was neat to see how it grew because just that one little invitation now of letting others know this is our intention with this group are you open to that yeah you know i'm curious about what that would be like i'll come yeah i'll check it out and the next thing you know it, 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 you can't help but leave a conversation like that, feeling not only empowered, more likely clearer in mind, but also just lightness. Like it, it, yeah. it's it's crazy, right? Like sometimes we just we love to carry the weight, the burden of that weight, and and you know we'll walk around like this with this on our shoulders. Like, hey, check out me! I've got a lot on my shoulders, man. It's like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> well, that's, it's, it's that's like the, the false people, vulnerability. Oh, that's the false vulnerability. Well, it yes. is right. <laughs> it is and. It's also like the term busy, right? Oh man, I'm so damn busy. Like, you know, like, what does that mean? Like we wear like a badge of honor. I know yeah. I used to, yeah. I used to, it's like, oh, you won't believe how busy I am. So my wife called me out on it. She's like, you know, why do you always say you're so damn busy? It's like the first thing I you are, people would meet me on the street. It's like, ah, oh, I'm so busy. You know, like, it was just like this, like, I felt like I needed to justify who I am because how busy I am. Yeah. It's like, it was this, this characteristic that I used to describe who I was. Right. And, and she shifted me a lot in that, just helped me look at how I was using that as really a shield yeah. sort of, because as soon as I said to people, people are like, Oh, well, I can't ask him for anything. Cause he's too busy. I don't want to add anything to his plate. So I was actually pushing people away. And at the same time thinking that I was making myself look more than I was, yeah. you know, it, it was just all ego driven. And, and so I shifted it, you know, and, you know, I don't know what you think about this Ooh. idea, but for now I just tell people, yeah, my, my days are full. You know, I've, I've got a full life by choice. I'm you know? grateful. And, my uh, day is full. Yes. <laughs> it's exactly it. Yep. Yep. It's exactly it. And, and, and so, you know, I know what we're talking about today. It, it's, there is a lot of semantics, right? Like yeah. you talked about masculinity. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to you? What do you understand it to be? And, and I think with a lot of these types of terms that's out there in the forefront now, because social media, it's all over the place. You can't help but look at this. I mean, I, I look at the Me Too movement. Amazing. But it was just that, people being vulnerable, sharing something that they've never shared before in a very open forum. But it all took was a couple people that started to share. Next thing you know, all these people are sharing. Yeah. And, and because they needed someone to just show them that it's okay. You know? And uh it's anyways, it, I, I know we could talk all day about this, but it, I just love hearing how you've embraced this and you've recognized it's a masculine characteristic. It Why? is man. Because you make it so. I appreciate right? the distinction that you've made in there too, because of, you know, you said it's ego driven. So maybe we could just dub it ego driven vulnerability, you know, rather than the false one, but ego driven vulnerability versus selfless vulnerability. Right. One right. creates connection the yes. other one creates distance. Correct. 
Man, very that, well put. That's very yeah. well put, man. I might have to uh, quote you on that one. Do so, it. Uh, <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> no, but I think that's a great way of yeah. looking at it. You're right. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the ways, that, some of the actions that we do, like, especially those ones that are the more yeah. the subconscious condition, as you said earlier, conditioned responses, right? Yeah. And, 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 and I truly feel that the way we sometimes like to turtle, you know, like yeah. retract or, or, or distance ourselves from tough conversations or tough situations it is very much a conditioned response for sure but the cool thing is if that's not the conditioned response that you want there's always an opportunity to change it yeah but you got to start doing the opposite and do it regularly no doubt man <laughs> and, and that's the hard part right is like oh gosh well i mean how do you go out and practice vulnerability well you just you know Brene brown's got some Brene brown's got great ideas on this and i think I love everything she does. And I think it's, she's influenced me a lot in a positive way. That's awesome. Teachings, you know, especially on the, the professional side, like more in the leadership capacity, you know, the, being a more vulnerable leader. And uh, I, I always loved that. And, uh, but then I was like, well, I, I want to bring this to my life as a dad, you know, and those are different dynamics, right? It's a different conversation, different type of relationship we're talking about. It is. You know? yeah. and, and, and that was where I, I really wanted more support. And uh, it wasn't until I just opened myself up to have the conversation with other guys about it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't going to happen unless I did that. So, so I, I guess what I'm trying to boil it down to, it ultimately just comes down to, it kind of feels like a leap of faith, a leap of trust. But man, when you find those connections, they're lifelong connections. They're lifelong. I you feel know? you. I feel you. How did this help Huge. you? Because I know you're you're really really big into dating your wife. You know that's a, that's yes. something to look at. Yeah, how did this feed into that? Well, same. You know, language is a big deal in our house, and uh, especially with my wife. I mean, she's she's pretty funny. We've got a few words that you can't say in our house. Oh, sorry, I just said it. I just said it. can't. Can't. Is like the, the four letter C word. We're not allowed to say. I just did a whole we, episode on that with a friend of oh, mine. Did yeah, you? Oh, that's man, the, that's that the four letter word that I absolutely hate. Good. <laughs> My, you, and my wife, man, we hit it off. Like she's the same way. And, and, you know, so we're conditioned now in our household, like just, we don't say that we, we, we can choose to, or choose not to, but it's an active yeah, decision. It. Yeah. Not, the word can't yeah. abdicates your responsibility and obligation yes. to make a choice. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And so <laughs> that when it comes to language, we recognize it's really important, you know, and it, it, it's been very influential in our relationship uh, as well. Professionally, you know, I, I really, take hold that language is a big deal. It's how we connect, it's how we communicate, it's how we share ideas, inspire, motivate, educate. I mean, it's just such a language is critical and everything. Yeah. And when it came to our relationship, you know, we're, we're 21 plus years now. I mean, nice. it, well, it, you know, we've had lots of ups, lots of downs, <laughs> you know, like we've, it's been a roller coaster at times and, and, but we've remained committed to one another. You know, and we share a, a vision, a family vision, but we also have our own individual aspirations. But, uh, you know, we're, we're co-committed, not codependent. And, and that was a mm. term that I remember it was, I think it's Gay Hendricks and his wife. I forget his wife's name, but they, they wrote a book and I think it's called Conscious Loving. And it was just one of those relationship books along with uh, the five love languages. Those two books, it, you know, they just made such a big difference in our lives. Uh, from a relationship standpoint with one another, but also with others. So the five love languages, conscious loving, you know, this idea of co-committed versus codependent. And once we had an understanding of that, it was like, okay, well, what kind of relationship do we want to have? Not, not just today, like 20, 30 years from now, 
who do we want to be when we're in our 70s? You know, what do we want to be doing? What do we want life to look like? And what we realized was that some of the best times we've ever had is when we were dating. It just, I mean, you can't help it, right? You think back to our relationships in those early days when you're just dating, just discovering. Every day is a discovery, right? With that person. Yeah, right? for sure. You're discovering this, but it, that should never stop. It should never stop, you know? And so it really gave us a lot of intentionality when it came to our relationship. And, and so that's why, you know, I have used them, some of my bios, right? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Of 21 years. Like, I, I'm putting it out there. Yes, we continue to date each other. We create space for that. And, and yeah, the conversations have changed. Obviously, it does. You know, but we're still in love. You know, we still are very committed to one another. But we're also committed to our own individual lives. And, and I think that's something I just want to really hammer home that distinction is that. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I think it's really important for yeah. these types of relationships. You need to have your own lives, man. Like, even with our kids right from the get go, you know, like we had lots of aspirations, things that we want to do. We used to be the parents that would drag their kids everywhere. Like, I was just like, no, bring them. You know, I go to Toastmasters meetings. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to bring my kids. <laughs> Same here, man. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I, I competed in yep. CrossFit for a lot of years. And all the competitions, I'd be the guy bringing his kids. You yeah. know, like they'd be off playing in the corner. <laughs> for sure. Stuff, but I've had questions whatever. just like, like, how are you so yeah. close to your kids? You're so busy doing all these yes. other things. I'm like, proximity. When they were two, I mean, yeah. even with twins, I just grab one. I'm like, hey, we're going to go to Walgreens. I need to go buy some. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Some like, vitamins or something. I'm just going to bring someone with me. It's huge, right? The language. Yeah. The, the, this also, the, the, what better way for your kids to, to, to have great behaviors role model? They just get to follow and watch you. Dude, some of the you best know, conversations like, take place in the five minute car, car rides yes. with your kids. So true. It's awesome. So true. So, so anyways, that, that was my bit about language, you yeah. know, just like, and it, you know, this gets right down to our self-talk, right? Like how do we talk to ourselves when no one's around? What are those thought patterns that we have, you know? And, you know, when we talk about we want to be free of judgment, I mean, try to be free of judgment of yourself. That is the one I don't think we ever get away from, ever, 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 ever. You know, I, I, I like some of the positive messages that there's some of the positive thinking, you know, learn to love yourself unconditionally. I'm like, man, <laughs> I've been trying to do that forever. I, yeah. I, I, just when I think like I'm getting closer to it, I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, maybe that's just me, but, uh, anyways, I, I feel I you. I had a bit of a breakthrough a couple months ago. Cause I want to get back to, um, dating your wife too, but it was yeah. more of, but it, it's so key because this is part of it, right? Because you have yeah. to, you have to have your own lives. You have to be committed to yourself before you can even be co-committed with somebody else. And right. so one of those things that I figured out is that, you know, for the longest time, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I love myself. I don't know if even I like myself. You know, and then I started realizing all these things to where even like retracting from things as we've been talking and not being vulnerable to keep, you know, like the subconscious thing to keep me safe. Mm. I realize it's like, well, if I'm doing that, I must really love myself because I'm trying to keep myself safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was, a, it was like this moment of reflection to where it's like, if I'm doing all this stuff to try to keep me from things that subconsciously I think might cause pain or, or suffering, even though they don't, because it's scary, like a thing, just like a thing like vulnerability or even like a thing, like consistently dating your wife. Mm. I mean, imagine that because I think that's a judgment zone, right? It yeah. can be, you're right. especially you're right. if you share, if you feel like you need to share everything, you know, dude, if you're not committed to yourself, there's no way that you're going to be able to share everything with a partner. That's Impossible. Right. It's true. 
It's so true. I mean, that first relationship, you know, is that relationship with self. I mean, it's, gosh, Maslow talked about it in his hierarchy of needs, right? You know, that yeah. was the pinnacle of that. It was that self-actualized self, right? Like that, that, that deep connection with purpose and that, that, you know, why do we get up in the morning, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's, and yeah, that's a hard question to answer. Do we ever really answer it? Well, I don't know if we do, but it doesn't mean we stop looking for it. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And, and uh, well, it's kind of like the same, you know, the, we'll book on it maybe with this, with the self love sure. thing, because I, I started laughing internally as we were talking again, you know, all these quotes yeah. that are out there. It's like, you need to learn to love yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, well, what if you already do hmm. and you just don't show yourself that you do? Oh, yeah. It's true. Just How like in a relationship yourself, right? with a partner, right? Yeah. You might love yeah. that person, but what if you don't show that person? Yeah. With your actions. Because then you're probably in that codependent scenario if you're not showing it. It's interesting you bring that up because that was something that my wife and I also created space to support each other. So that it had to be a team effort, especially, you know, this, you know, with kids, it's, it's just, it's people that we're responsible for, yeah. you know, and, and I don't, I love that. I love that about being a dad, about being a parent, you know, is, is I do get to support them and help shape them, you know, and, and, and really help them be great people, you know, humans. It's pretty and, awesome. And it is pretty cool, right? It's the neatest job on the planet, you know, and uh, it, what I found was really interesting is, you know, with Christy and I and our dynamic, we recognized we, we needed space to have solo time, you know, and, and, and regular dependable. <laughs> solo time and and so we we have each of us have our own sort of self-care day or I, I often call it a mental health day you know where it's like and those are my fridays my fridays are for you know she refers to it as die day and uh and that's okay it's it's my day for me and you know at, in the evening of course it's family time but during the day whatever i feel like i need to do for me i do for me so I might, this is where I'll do, you know, maybe I'll get a haircut, go for a massage, get a workout in, go for a hike. It doesn't matter. It's whatever I feel like doing. Like I, I block the time off my calendar. I know that's my time to do whatever I feel like I want to do, but I'm not so prescriptive to, to plan out everything. Hmm, so just yeah. go with what I feel like doing, you know, and, and, but lean into that. And it's really about me showing myself a lot of care that I, I and when we started Dimless, and I do the same for her, I, so there's days where I'm on full daddy duty as well as anything else that has to be taken care of in the household. And, and, and it gives her the space to then have her day to do what she needs to do to just look, you know, show herself some of that love or date herself, right? Like, how do you date yourself, right? Let alone date my wife, you know, like it's, it, it, and, and so I, I love what you just said. And, but if we don't create the space for it, it's just not going to happen. Like anything, Right. And uh, how does it work with you and your partner? Like, do, do you create space for, for each other just to have that, that, you know, just where you can so solely just focus on you and what you want to do, Rick? Like, do, how's that work with you guys? Yeah, your, I, I know, you know she does every single morning. She takes about an hour every morning of every week, you know, behind a closed nice. door. Yeah. And then for me, mine, I don't, I'm not as intentional at it as you. I mean, I'm just being straight up on this, but sure. I will find time for this. And usually my time ends up being, sort of days at a time because it might be a, a, a seminar or something like that, you know, not even yeah. around this, but it might take the evenings to do exactly that. I mean, there's been times I've been alone in a hotel room and that becomes my self care time, right? Just a, yes. meditating and, and writing down new notes. 
And now I've started because I've neglected with all the stress in my life. I've realized this. My coach told me, it's like, yeah, you're not really dating yourself. And this was about a month ago. <laughs> she called yeah, me out I, on it. She's, she's like, here's what you need to do. You need to go get yourself a massage. And then nice. two days later, you need to get yourself another massage. <laughs> you know, I just, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not, I'm probably not very good at this, you know, as far as dating myself. And it's in my makeup to be, try to be there for everybody else first yeah. before me. And, but I recognize when that shifts out of balance too, that then I can't really be there for everybody else because I'm not there for me. That's right. I, I, what a realization. So what have been the shifts that you've implemented? Like, what have you actually done to start dating yourself? Like with the intention? Cause I mean, it's always room for improvement, right? As you address, you said, you might not be good at it, but you can get better at it. Yeah, for practice. sure, man. So, yep. so is there anything that's <laughs> I'll tell you, for the longest time, man? Impact? Yeah, for the oh, longest time. No, you're good, man. For yeah. the longest time, I prior to this, because most uh, mostly everybody in my house goes to bed early except me. Yeah. I, I'm always up late. It's just who I am. So yeah. for the past year or so, with how full my days have been, see how yeah, I use your I language, it. yeah. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> with nice. how full my days have been, I would try to use those times as catch up. You know, so now it's, it's whatever, you know, if anything comes up, cause even for me, you know, like a week or a month ago, someone called me up and said, Hey, I'm at a, I'm at a bar and I have my cousin here and he's looking at getting into real estate. Can you talk to him? Tell him if it's good or bad. I'm like, cool. Because to me, that's actually like feeding me too, is being able to be yes. there in that scenario. And it was unplanned, but yeah. most of my time happens at night like that too. And I'll pop on a movie you know, I'll do whatever to turn my mind off. That helps me a lot. Dude, I, I just read another thing is, you know, music, as I told you, was a big thing mm. for me for a long, long time. And it, I really just started picking up my guitar. I mean, dude, I played on stage and sang before thousands of people. Gosh, you know? and it's awesome. For five years, I didn't even freaking touch my guitar, really, wow. until like just this past month. You know, because uh, I'd been neglecting that and it's bringing me back to a place to where I can be centered all over again because like you know yeah. we're high performing people man we can hold sure. a lot together just because of our makeup but we'll get to the point to where we'll start to feel our head compress in on itself <laughs> if we don't date ourselves i'll go for That's a right. drive a lot I'll, I'll listen to music you know, ju just in those things, I'll take a walk around the neighborhood. I live in Chicago, only when it's warm, I'll take a walk yeah. around the neighborhood. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll go for a drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's the little things, but I appreciate you because I'm starting to feel now you're just talking to you, man, that I need to be even more intentional with that time for myself and set that aside and block that time in my calendar. It makes a difference, right? Like, yeah. yeah well, I'm, I'm also that kind of person that I do like to schedule things. I like to, but I, I had a mentor many, I guess it was over 10 years ago, but I, because again, that sort of same sort of time I was talking about, you know, being busy versus now looking at my days as being more full, you yeah. know, intentionality around how full my day may be is because it's always based on me and my commitments. And, and so I used to always talk about time management, time management, this time management, that, and then, I, you know, he, he, he pulled me aside. He's like, you know, all this time management that you keep talking about and your struggles, you know, with balancing life and career and yada, yada. It's like, can I just start managing your commitments? And I was like, yeah, wow. commitments. Oh yeah. Okay. I guess I see what you're doing here. You know, it's, it's funny, right? Coaches, mentors, <laughs> like they're, they're pretty good at that stuff. They just, they shift our perspective. Just <laughs> Pulling ever so stuff slightly. out of their butt. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in a very good impressive. way. Yeah. And so I, I really started to shift how I thought about my schedule, my calendar. You know, I was always like, 
I'm managing my commitments to time. And, and so now it's like, okay, do I feel like I'm overcommitting? And I know because I yeah. know in myself now, I will be the guy that overcommits. And all of a sudden, I'm left there starting to feel very negative about some of these commitments yeah. that I've made. Like even some of these great conversations with somebody and I'd be like, oh, gosh, I got to do that now. Like, and I know as soon as I get to that place, if I'm ever feeling any negative feelings to anything I've put on my calendar, it's because of me. It's me yeah. not giving myself enough space for me. Right on. You know, and my family and the things that really matter. So it's, it sounds like you're in that place now where it's like, you know, it just now. Yeah. Manage your commitments with self, right? Yep. And uh, create that space because it's it's amazing. Once you start to create that regularity, holy, it, I, I, at least this is what I experienced. I just like my, my bottom, I, I don't want to say my bottom line, my, my, my foundation, let's just say that, you, you know, we all have this certain foundation that we, we build our life on. I often refer to that foundation being health, you know, like oh, yeah. health first and foremost. And, but I've seen since I've started to do this, that foundation is actually raised up. What I mean is, so, you know, sometimes when we feel really depleted, you know, burnt out, uh, as we often refer to it, uh, it, it, I'm creating more of a buffer. Does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. as soon as you start to create yeah. the regularity here, yes, like your, your opportunity to get to that place of burnout or, or frustration or disappointment with self, it doesn't happen as quickly. And even when it does happen, you bounce back so much more quickly. That is the biggest thing I've experienced since creating this regular recurring commitment to myself. And yeah, and I, I invite people, I'm like, just try it, but commit to a, a full quarter, you know, like a full 90 day run once a week, give yourself a dedicated block of time. Just do things that feel good for you within healthy reasons, you know, like be, be, be reasonable on the health side. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I had a guy telling me, well, I love going in the bar and getting wasted. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's not what I was referring <laughs> to, yep. but, but whatever, you know, like, to your own, uh, but so might be just a starting saying, point. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what I'm trying to get, yeah. you know, is like, it, it, it ultimately comes down to us, right? Like, yeah. Eh. It sounds cliche, I know. And yeah. sometimes I hear myself say stuff, I'm like, dude, just, yeah, you're an idiot. You know, like this little self-critical yeah. voice, right? Yeah. It's just like, man, who are you to talk about this? And, that, and that's why I feel the need for vulnerability to let people know, you know, a lot of the stuff I talk about, it's just all stuff I have struggled a lot with. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I probably will continue to. It's just I've learned different ways of managing the struggle with the juggle, you know, if you if if, if that makes sense. So, uh Anyways, man, I know I start to ramble. No, but, you're uh, awesome, dude. I appreciate yeah. you being on, man. No, it's awesome. DieManuel.com, DieManuel on Instagram. Dude, thank you for having part two and diving wow, into this and vulnerability you, and relationships and dating your wife and just uh, dating yourself. Well, thank you. I mean, you, you are always so much fun to speak to, uh, but it's also, I, I feel that... Uh, just just based on what I know about you and what our conversations both on air, off air... Uh, you're just the kind of guy that I always draw a lot of inspiration from. Thank you. And I just want to say thank you for showing up as you and thank you for being authentically yourself and as well as having the courage to, to be vulnerable and tell the rest of us that it's okay. You know, so because you do it in a very public way, right? Like, I mean, putting out a podcast, putting out content. <laughs> it's a little bit public. Some, yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah. it's, it is an exercise in vulnerability, yeah. right? In a big, big stage. And, uh, 
listen, man, you, you've inspired me. I know I'm, I'm pretty jazzed up and I'll, I'll go on the record right now. I'm going to have my own podcast but in the next few months and I'm going to have you as a guest. So I'm there in. it is. It's on the record. I'm so and, in. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, I just want to say thank you. Awesome, you know, I, brother. I really appreciate you, man. And uh, your team and Ryan's been awesome. And uh, gosh, everything. It's just been an amazing experience. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.